This is Around the Rim with Lachina Robinson. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, basketball fans. I know you have been missing us, but we're back. Around the Rim, the WNBA version is in full effect. I am your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. Hey! hey. Tarika, 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 I'll let you break the news on our host. Well, you know how usually I'm here in studio by myself while LaChina's out touring the country on her LaChina tour? Today and moving forward, we have none other than our original <laughs> co-host to the show, Chenea Gumake. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I missed you. I missed you. You know, I'm See? so glad to be back. I love you all. And I just did a little See? beatbox intro for myself. Yes, I did. Boom. But you I'm know, working on it. You know, but you know how it worked, right? See, Destiny's Child had to break up. Beyonce today had to go off whatever get a solo album. I'm but Latoya. Wait, they came, but wait, no, no. Then they came back for the reunion. So that's that's what we're doing right now. We're on our year long reunion tour. That's what it is. I'm like Michelle, the one who really don't sing, but I'm still part of the group. You know what? I just got to move past my single lady stage and find me a real boo, of, a real man. So um, Jay Z, if you out oh, there, I'll be Beyonce as long as I'm no longer single ladies. <laughs> Oh wait, you can't have you can't have Jay Z. You can absolutely not have Jay Z. But we we'll have to address that some other time. But me and him, we go back to fourteen years old, calling into the radio show. He told me he was happy that I was a fan of his. I'll get into that later. But wow, you can't she, have Jay-Z. I knew she was gonna bring back a story from the old yeah. days. Nah, oh, from the old days. Yeah, from, oh, a throwback. That hurt my heart. That back hurt when my you guys heart. had Derry curls and were beat bopping, beat bopping. Oh my gosh, I am not that. I did not grow up in the Jerry Curl. Oh, how old do you think I am? Girl, you know, you're as old as me. I'm throwing <laughs> myself so... under the bus, too. <laughs> you know what? Anyway, anyway, yeah, so we have Chanae back in the building, a.k.a. Beyonce. We are so excited. Chanae also breaking news today that she has entered an agreement with ESPN Sports Center Africa. Congratulations, doing big things. Thanks, boo. Um, Thank you. Yes. So we are definitely excited for her. So fans, listen, we've got lots of great stuff. You know we're going to have fun. In today's show, later on, uh, we will have Holly Rowe joining us. And she is going to start a new feature on the show called Sideline Snippets. So all of those stories that Holly Rowe, and let me tell you, she gets all the scoop. All those stories that she has and sometimes doesn't get to tell. She's going to enlighten us on on that. And also, we'll just get her thoughts on WNBA. And we have Lindsay Whalen joining us later in the show. Uh, Lindsay Whalen, also known as uh, Wheezy F. Whalen, which we'll have a conversation about that. Because I know another, <laughs> I know another Wheezy, um, Wheezy F. Pam Ward. Uh, who would like to regain that title back. So, And there's also uh, Lil have, Wayne, and all those three, Lindsey Whalen, Pam Ward, and Lil Wayne, all have the same amount of swag that's to true. be noted. That, that's true, but I think for WBA purposes, no offense to Wayne, we have to establish who the real Weezy F, uh, baby is. Weezy F is. It's yeah. a fact. So that's we, her. Uh, yeah, we have to establish that. So um, lots of great stuff, but we want to start off the show. You know, today is um, the late Pat Summit's birthday, and obviously Pat Summit uh, meant so much to so many of us, especially to the game of women's basketball, just a pioneer legend. We miss her so much. I can't believe it's already uh, been a year since her passing, which also happened in June, um, later on in the month. But uh, Chanae, Tarika, just quickly, I wanted to just get your thoughts. You know, something I was thinking about today, if I could have one of uh, Pat Summit's characteristics, what would it be? What would each of yours be? If you could take one thing from Pat Summit, what would it be? Well, if I'll start, um, for me, it would be her ability to bring out the best in people. Everyone that you speak to who had a relationship with Pat Summit always talks about how she was able to bring out the best in them, to see the potential in them that they probably weren't able to see themselves. So I think if I was able to bring out the best in everyone and every life that I touch, um, I think I'd be able to make an impact the way that Pat Summit was able to. Yeah, no, mm. I, I'm right there with you. Like, And, and I'm just going to piggyback. One thing I noticed, and I was coached by another Hall of Fame coach, Tara Vanderveer, and when we played Tennessee, those days were fun. Um, it was always a battle. Some of my favorite memories in college are battling Tennessee. I remember NECA went off for like 42 when I was a sophomore, and then we lost a heartbreaker in overtime due to a Megan Simmons shot. And each time, you know, she's on the sideline, and 
and leading her team. She's truly a fierce competitor, and she taught me that you can both be fierce and female. Um, and a lot of times people tend to think, oh, if you're a female, you can only be fierce as an athlete or you can only be, a, you know, a, a female and be girly. No, it exists today where we can be both fierce and female. And I also love her quote, um, offense sells tickets, defense wins games, but rebounding wins championships. Um, that always, And I remember I told NECA that they lost game four to Minnesota. And, I, and she was, you know, you know me as little sister, I have to pump her up, pump her up, pump her up. Um, so I was in China and I called, I was like, NECA, before you go, and I always send her text while she's, you know, about to run out uh, for the game, like 10 minutes before. I was like, NECA, if there's anything you can control, don't worry about how many points you score. Don't worry about what people score on your team. Just rebound, attack the glass. And I knew that because Pat Summit, she always in the back of my head, that quote, rebounding wins championships. And guess what? The Sparks won a championship. And it was off of an old board, which, I mean, it was NECA shot and it was a block, but... You know, pretty much. I feel like I, I helped NECA through that moment, even though she did all the heavy lifting. But no, Pat Summit is really the might, goat. She's the goat. And um, you might need to write a, a memoir with that whole <laughs> rebound. You might need to write a. We might need a white paper on on that because that's fantastic, actually, and especially the way it came to fruition in the finals. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it was Chelsea Gray's um, missed shot. NECA grabbed the rebound, then shot it, got blocked by Sylvia, and then yeah. finished perseverance. And and it's all from that quote. You know, you, you keep playing rebounding. It's important not just for bigs. It's also big for guards. But, you know, I love Pat, yeah. and she's a leader. Yeah, I, and um, it, it's interesting you talk about that that clip of NECA getting that put back because I think that's been fueling the Minnesota Lynx and Sylvia Fowles. But we'll get back to oh, that Oh, yeah, it's a fact. Um, you know what, fans? As we continue this conversation of Pat, about Pat Summit um, celebrating the anniversary of her birth, um, which is today, June 14th. We're just going to go ahead and bring in Holly Rowe because she is on the line. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you for having me. I'm like, ooh, I hear some good basketball being talked about. I can't wait to jump in here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Thank you so much, Shrika, for letting us know that Holly's on. So, Holly, um, right now we are talking about Pat Summit, and each of us were sharing if there were one characteristic that we would want to take you know, from Pat what would that be? And, and Tarika shared and, and Sinead did as well. You've been on our show and you had a, a great relationship with Pat Summit and shared some fantastic stories. Um, if there was one thing that you could take uh, from Pat, one characteristic of who she was or how she represented herself, uh, what would that one thing be for you? Um, that's a great question. I think that one thing I love about her is she could be hard and soft at the same time. And what I mean by that is I've been in huddles of her where she got on her players and I was like scared and I, I could see that stare and it was real. And I had the hair stand up on the back of my neck in one of her huddles one time, but then she could also be warm and inviting and, and get the best out of you and bring the most out of you. And it's really hard to be both. I think we have a lot of coaches in our lives that are one or the other, but she had a really good, perfect balance and, and way to be both that I think was special. Um, first of all, you know, I love you. This is Shanae. I don't know if you know I'm on here, but it's I Shanae. I know you're like a million miles away. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. And I'm just putting it out for the record. You know, one day I, if I, I have a dream as a, like for a future mother-in-law one day and Holly is my future mother-in-law and I love her. Um, you know, I tried to make that happen. I know she did try to make it happen. Picky. I know, I know. But I'm on an island out here in Connecticut. <laughs> but the, um, the offer is still open. Hey, hey, that's my woman. Okay, sorry. Anyway, that's my boy. That's my guy. <laughs> by the way, we all love you. We love your son. He's awesome. Um, but anyways, um, I just you know recently have this awesome opportunity with your company ESPN, and and we all are part of the ESPN family. And um, for me, you know, as an athlete, I'm behind the curve, uh, learning the tricks of the trade is really difficult but at the same time as an athlete you are enticed by the challenge and um as all aspiring broadcasters here people career women you you are to me like the example of having it all having a beautiful family being a strong female um and also leading in in your field and so i was wondering because i know a lot of the people that also listen are young young players and people that also have aspirations to join this industry um and I just, you know, me, I'm, I feel like a grasshopper. So I want to know what is your advice for future broadcasters? Um, those well, tips, first those of all, tricks. Congratulations. I'm excited about your opportunity for ESPN Africa. I think you'll be amazing at that. I don't know if people realize Yay. just how much you've traveled back to Africa and given back to your homeland, your family, and 
I'm really excited for you to have that voice and that platform. So first of all, congratulations. But Thank secondly, um, I, I think it's really important. One is to do your homework is I think a lot of ex athletes get into it and they think, well, it's just sports. I can talk about it. And I don't know if they go about preparing the way you would as an athlete. Like I'm going to watch film. I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to look up stats. I'm going to look at analytics. Like you, you're almost preparing for your broadcast and your game like you would if you were a player because you can't script what's about to happen in the game. You have to know 1,000 things that might happen so then you can react to the 15 that do happen. And so I think it's a really intriguing way of preparing. I would say that my secret my whole life has been preparation. I feel like I'm a, an excellent preparer. But that's kind of, kind of boring. Like you put in a lot of time and hours and stuff that happens before the game. And, and some of it never materializes and you never use it in the game. But that's okay cause, because the game will unfold as it should. You just have to be prepared to jump in like, oh, okay, I was prepared for that story. Or, oh, hey, I've got more on this because this is starting to happen. So that that would be my advice is for you, prepare like an athlete. Prepare to um, know what the tendencies are of the opponents. Know what the tendencies are of the team that you're going to cover. But also be prepared for when things change and the game unfolds in a different manner. Well, and I think you make a great point, um, Holly. And that's what I think why you're so good at your job, because it's natural. Like, you make it very natural. And it's interesting just putting a wrap on our conversation about Pat Summit. You know, that's one thing that I really enjoyed about Pat was her relationships with people were genuine. And and Holly, you are very much the same way. I mean, in today's world, we have so much division, whether it's gender or race or culture. You Politics. Know, there, yeah, there's just this apathetic attitude towards people and things that, you know, don't have anything to do with whatever's going on in your day-to-day life. And you are so empathetic. And I felt the same way about Pat Summit. I mean, when you look across the women that she coached, those that were on her staff, the people she impacted, I mean, it it didn't matter what race or where you were from. And and you have that same ability to bring people together. And I think that's why you've been so great at getting some of the best stories in sports. Like, let's be real. You have broken, I mean, stories that people may have worked 15 or 20 years in a field and weren't able to reach people and get that, that genuine, authentic moment the way you have. And so... Sideline snippets is something we wanted to introduce in our show and hopefully a feature that we can do all season with Holly. We want to revisit some of those moments, some of your favorite moments, some of your favorite stories as it pertains to the WNBA. You get the scoop. Like you get that, you get that <laughs> locker room, that huddle, those moments. I mean, I have looked over, I've been in practices and literally looked over at Holly talking to some of the most fierce competitors in our game and they're in tears. And I'm like, what in the world just happened over there in the corner with Holly? <laughs> so Holly, let's, let's talk about just uh, what have been, if you could share with us, you know, just what you've enjoyed about c- covering the WNBA, and maybe a couple of those stories um, to kind of get mm-hmm. us started on the season. Well, first of all, I've been um, a huge fan of the league since it started. The very first season, I remember going to games and taking my son, who was a baby, and I remember walking into the gym for the first time, um, and I was really lucky because I lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Utah had one of the original eight franchises, the Utah Stars. And so the very first WNBA season and game, I was in the stand, and I was bawling, like, I can't believe this is happening pro basketball. And it was just like this precious thing. And I, am, I just went to a game Sunday at Madison Square Garden, and I had that exact same feeling. I literally cried walking into the garden, like, I'm so proud of women's basketball. Like, it's just so special. So I'm, uh, I, I've been around for a long time. So some of my favorite stories are starting out in the early days, and I'm so sad that I don't know if you guys are going to know who some of these people are. But I, I already know who you're going to say. Stars. I already Natalie know who you're going to say. Yes, Natalie Williams. That's Holly's you know, girl. I, <laughs> so, I was obsessed with her, you know, six really big physical strong frame um she was an all-american volleyball player and an all-american basketball player which is hard to do these days and i would go and watch her play for the usa volleyball national team and then i would watch her play for the utah stars and i'm like this is the most incredible female athlete i've ever seen so i loved her and then um 
course, Jennifer A. Z. was on that team. Stanford. And one of my favorites, yeah, she she was fierce. And one of my other favorites that we don't often talk about or remember is Margot Dedek. She yeah. was the tallest player in yes. WNBA history at seven two. Yes. And I loved her. She was this like just tall arms and legs walking inspector gadget, and the sweetest young lady from Poland. And um, I remember one of my favorite sideline stories I did about her was that she and her sister had traveled their own sewing machine um, from Poland, and they made all their own clothes because it was impossible for them to find clothes for their wow. seven two frames. So that was that was one little cute story about them. The, my other favorite thing was, so I, I was obsessed with the Houston Comets. Obviously, they won so often and so early in the early days of the WNBA. So when Tina Thompson came to town for the first time, I was just like, oh, Tina Thompson. And um, I went up and I asked her about the famous lipstick. I was like, what color of <laughs> lipstick is that? Yes. And the name of that lipstick is Diva from MAC. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, of course it is. And I don't know if they made it especially for her or or how that exactly went down. We need to ask her. But I always would, every time I'd see her play, I was like, there's Tina Thompson in her diva lipstick. I love that. Well, and I feel like we reached this point in, in, in broadcasting where women started to wear bright lipstick. And I always felt like I needed to give credit to Tina Thompson. Like, because <laughs> seriously, we weren't wearing all of these bright colors when she was, you know, like she really stepped out there. And Holly, you're a matte girl. You know, we love makeup. Shanae, you and I talk makeup and stuff. But uh, I felt like I needed to give her some cred for that because she definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, she she definitely, was one of the first that was actually not afraid to be kind of feminine on the court, mm-hmm. you know, because some of the earlier role models were kind of more, you know, um, didn't wear makeup, you know, were braids in their hair. I, I, I don't know the word for it, but they just weren't into their, their feminine um, personalities as much. And so Tina came out there like all diva-ish and fierce, and and she was kind of the first I saw that was, you know, had those bangs going. She yes. had that perfect ponytail and those yes. bangs going. And, um <laughs> So she had a really good mix of fierce and feminine. I heard you guys kind of talking before about it's okay to be both. And uh, she was maybe the first that kind of emanated that. That's so true. And, and Holly, um, you mentioned the Utah Stars. And you know what came up in my head? Um, I remember you're great, not just because of your preparation, as you mentioned, and your advice to broadcasters. It's your passion, and that's in your DNA. And I remember when, when um, on your day off, I believe it was like right after I watched you put a uh, report on a nationally televised college football game, you came to watch us play versus Utah. And you were just so excited about the matchup. We were going against Ploof, uh, the Ploof twins. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so we're going oh, up against Michelle Plouffe. Yeah, I think at Stanford was playing at Utah. You were there. Yes, and, and you I came. And I wanted to do a little story about you for ESPNW, so I brought my little iPad, and we did a really cute feature. This was, I think, maybe your sophomore or your junior year. Um, we she did remembers more than me. <laughs> about your name, because your name has, I think your name has 27 letters. Oh, my gosh. Mistaken. And the alphabet has 28, or it's or 25 and 26, like, and so I remember doing this fun story about your name and what's in a name and learning about, yes. you know, the origin of your name from the Igbo dialect of warrior that, you know, will never Look at her dropping knowledge. Oh, oh this God. is what she does. This is what she does. And you know what? It's funny because we were talking about names a minute ago and how Chanae feels like she'll never trend because <laughs> my name's name is too long you know, and crazy. <laughs> yeah, people can't spell her name. I mean, my name's LaChina and, and Holly, your son's name, Mikhail. I mean, we're, we've got different names, but it, it's funny. Like, you know, you think about what it means. And my mom actually made up something. Like, I'm glad your name make, really means something, Chanae, because my mom just Stop made it. Up Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Tell, tell us my <laughs> whole name. Drop it on the audience. Chinenya okay. Joy Nena Ogwumike. Go to right. China. So what is it? Is it 26 or 27? I've I never counted, but see, there's the testament of your preparation and your Yeah, because you I think knowing. it's only one or two letters less than the whole alphabet. <laughs> what is it again, Chennai? Can you say I that I never again? give, because my government name is already hard enough. People can't say Chinay, so it's just, I never mentioned that my real name is Chinenya. And it's Chinenya Ogumike. Oh. Neka's real name is Nemkadi, but people know that because that's her Twitter handle. My little sisters, Olivia and Erica, they're really Chisom and Erima. But my middle name is Joy, then Nenna Ogumike. And Chinenya means God gives, and Ogumike means warrior, someone that never tires. So 
Uh, my name really means God gives someone that never tires, someone that's a warrior, which I really appreciate my parents that for. That explains all the energy that Shanae always there has. It is. <laughs> never tires. I know, and I like to get that story in, like, every couple of games I cover where either you or NECA is playing, and, like, that boundless energy is going. I'm like, we have to do this story because if there's one new viewer that doesn't know <laughs> that you are the most perfect example of your namesakes, I always like to revisit that story because I think it's so cool. Well, thank you. And, you know, we were talking about um, Utah Stars and how you came and watched me on your day in between, which I don't understand how you traveled and felt rested and you're always energetic. You you are the real MVP of energy, by the way. But you were covering yes. college football. You covered, right now, women's softball. Um, and now you're on to, uh, of course, the WNBA. And I want to know, you know, just as as someone that is a fan of many sports but doesn't know much, um, what makes the WNBA unique in comparison to other women's sports? Well, let me share a conversation I just had with my Uber driver today <laughs> about it. Uh, we got talking about the WNBA, and he was hilarious. We were talking about players he likes, and he brought up Candace Parker, and then he was like, what's that What's that, that white girl with the jump shot? Elena Della? And I was like, Elena Della? <laughs> he's like, yo, yo, yes. she's a problem. He was so funny. But um, he said, and I agree, I think this is like what every fan would tell you, is he, his quote was, I feel like the WNBA is the highest level of basketball right now from a pure standpoint. Because, you know, sometimes we get coined with, oh, it's more fundamental. It is. It's more fundamental because they play below the rim. But uh, also, I feel like it's physical. Like, I was sitting courtside at a game Sunday. Like you said, I went to another game on my day off like a nerd, but it was Seattle <laughs> at New York. And I was like, I have to see Brianna Stewart and Tina Charles in the post yep. wrestling. And I was blown away, you know, when I wasn't working at the physicality, like these women are strong and they yes. are banging and they are coming off a screen, crashing into people and curling to the basket. And, um, you know, Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd coming off a screen right in front of me in my seat. Like I could feel the wind whistle across my face. And I was like, this is so freaking awesome. So I, I really think that it's a game of basketball being played at a very high technical, fundamental level but still with the athleticism and strength um, that makes it exciting. It's like a really perfect combination. And the other thing I love is we know these players. Like I've covered almost every one of these players when they were in college. I feel like I've grown up with them. I know their stories. I feel emotionally attached and connected to the WNBA players because I've watched them for so long. You know, like there's a real emotional connection. So I, to me, that's why it's, it's so beautiful. Well, and, and to that point, as far as the stories, Holly, you know, I, I was trying to think about how we would go about trying to steal some nuggets and gems of information. And we don't want just, we don't have to drop your game knowledge on us. Like if there's some stuff that you're will, you want to share in a game, don't, you don't have to worry about that. But I thought we would start at the top with the Minnesota Lynx since they are number one right now. Um, killing the game. I mean, Sylvia Fowles, Simone Augustus, they're just, you know, head and shoulders above everyone right now. What is your, maybe your favorite story of, of someone from Minnesota? I mean, Maya, Sylvia, well, Simone. Well, I think, I think the, the thing about Minnesota is you have this collection of people who might be some of the most proud competitors we've ever seen in our game. So Lindsay Whalen, who I think you're having on the same podcast maybe, is yep. one of, like, she has a pride about when she goes out, she's going to play a certain way every time. And Maya Moore has, like, she scares me sometimes. She's so fierce and competitive. And I think that uh, Rebecca Brunson is someone who never gets any love, who is just the most, maybe the heart and soul of that team that never gets any attention. And I mm -hmm. think that their competitiveness and their excellence has kind of rubbed off on players like, you know, Simone Augustus has this crazy skill and talent level, but she can be a little more laid back sometimes. Is there ferociousness I think has kind of rubbed off onto Simone and made her like when she gets feisty and mad I'm like look out here comes Simone fired up from the bayou <laughs> like oh my god the bayou beast is coming out and um and same with Sylvia Fowles like I thought early in Sylvia's career at Chicago we could see her dominate a game but would she dominate two or three or four back-to-back -back games 
And I think now that she's with this collection of people who demand it every possession, it, that's why what we're seeing is so beautiful with Minnesota. They, they demand it of each other. And Holly, um, if there's a surprise team that you have your eye on, which team would that be in the WNBA? Well, I'm so torn because I would have said Dallas, but then I watched their game last night and I didn't think they looked particularly good because they are super athletic and big and strong, and I think they, they can upset some people, and we've seen them upset people. Um, I think Washington, you know, I don't know that they're a surprise, but right now they're one of the second best, I think, or third best records in the league, and it's just whether or not they can sustain it. You know, Elena Deladon has had a groin injury. Um, I, I just want to see how long they can sustain it moving through to the playoffs, but they should be right up there. But they're not really a surprise. I'm trying to think who would be a big surprise. Um, Atlanta. You know, like poor Tiffany Hayes is down there doing work, putting up like 38, 32, whatever points. And I don't think we give her a ton of credit. So they're a team that's a little feisty and exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the landscape, it's weird because Cheney and I were actually talking before we got on about this has been an awkward start to the season. You know, whether it was teams that had players returning late from overseas or, you know, a couple teams that have had injuries to keep players early or chemistry because of movement of different pieces. It's been kind of a, a, a different start than maybe I know what I expected. Like I was having the same conversation with NECA yesterday because uh, everyone's looking at the Sparks record and because they don't have this, you know, great start like they did last year. They're like, oh, you know, what's going on with the Sparks? And it is still very early, but it's definitely been a little bit different to start than what I expected. But I totally agree with your sentiments, Holly, about Minnesota. Fans, we're going to bring in Lindsay Whalen in a moment. But first, we'd like to hear from you. That's right. We want to hear from our fans. So whether you're new to the podcast or have been listening for some time, we want to know how you think we're doing. If you're listening in the Apple podcast, leave us a rating and a review. So if you have any questions, any thoughts, ideas, things you want to see, things you enjoyed, leave it there. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe so we're easy to find next time. Now, if you're using the ESPN app, we can send you an alert when we have a new episode. So remember, if you have the ESPN app and that's how you listen to Around the Rim, subscribe there. And you can always tweet us your thoughts at LaChina Robinson, at she knows Sports underscore, which is Tarika, and at Chanae321 um, for Chanae Ogumake. So subscribe and leave us your thoughts. Lindsay <laughs> F. Whalen, are you with us? I am. I'm here. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Around the Rim. How's it going? Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Good to be on. Finally, uh, you know, I'm a subscriber. I listen. So um, it's good to good to be on here and hanging out with uh, some of my favorite peeps. So, Lindsay, um, a lot going on with you and a lot going on with the Minnesota Lynx. But let's just start with your team right now. Like you're you're nine and oh, you're playing fantastic basketball. What, what have you seen from your team this year so far that may be different from from other starts? Well, I think we've um I think we've had a good understanding uh that uh you know, Phil has been playing really well and uh you know, it starts it started with her and I think we've all kind of figured out just ways to get her the ball in uh, successful situations and we've kind of um really figured out kind of how to play off of her and maybe just in a little more um you know, just maybe in a better way. I should say than in than maybe in other years, and she's playing at just such a high level that uh, we're able to do a lot of different things. And um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been good for us. We've had a couple, um, you know, road trips, a couple really good tests. I mean, I think our last probably week and a half um, is probably the best we've played the last probably three games, just as far as you know, moving the ball and um, you know, getting a little better on the defensive end. We still have a lot, you know, we can get better at. It's still early, but, um, you know, we feel good about the start for sure. And um, back in practice this week, getting ready for our next opponent on Saturday in uh, in Connecticut. Connecticut. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> We're both <laughs> number 13. You know, I felt this yep. instant. You know, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I think maybe our second game, my second game ever in the WNBA, I think we played you guys at Minnesota. It was a pretty good game. We didn't know what we were doing. We're what? rookies. <laughs> and um, after the game, you came up to me and you 
uh, shook my hand, and I like, and honestly, I genuinely felt welcome to the WNBA. And then you invited me to dinner with your team, which I think is the beauty of the WNBA. We know it's a sisterhood, and we all take care of each other. So I just wanted to say. As a young rookie, I always thought highly of you, not only because we're both number 13, but because you are an amazing human being outside of the court, on the court, 24-7. But I'm getting to my question. Wait, I'm getting to my question. You're a point guard. Um, and in May, you guys dominate May. I mean, haven't lost a game in May in, in a couple years. How do you maintain focus of your team, especially from the point guard position? What what are the what are the tricks um, to, because, you know, we're young leaders uh, as athletes throughout the league and we all want to be better leaders and you are pretty much the example. I mean, Bill Tavares, our PR guy, you know, I think he claims you as a daughter. Um, and, <laughs> and so we always hear about you and your leadership. So I want to know, how, as a point guard, how do you lead your team to start the year so strong year after year? Yeah, I mean, I think I just I take the lead from our coach and and from from Coach Reeve just coming in. You know, we treat training camp. I mean, we have just kind of evolved it into where when we're ready for our first game, it's like we don't want to be easing into anything. We know how important every game is because there's only 34. And so I think that we just put a real big emphasis on all the little things in practice, um, you know, from a sideline out of bounds play to um, you know, our pace of practice and making sure that we're ready for those first games. And so uh, just paying attention to so many little things, trying to steal possessions here and there in a game, I think are, are so crucial. I mean, the margin of difference, the margin of victory between the teams is so little, actually. It's usually a possession or two a half when it all comes down to it. So if you can steal possession here, steal possession there, you know, good things can happen for you. So I think we just try to really focus on those things and uh, we play for each other, um, you know. Like I said, it's it's easier when you have Sill and Maya and Simone and Brunson, um, you know, people that are just, you know, great players to make it happen, um, you know, and then we have a great bench. So, um, you know, I think that's something that we, um, you know, just really pride ourselves on is, is that um, coming in training camp and just working on those things right from the start and kind of evolving, you know, trying to get this done this week next task next week and trying to improve on those things but it all we all take our lead from coach so um that's pretty much what we try to do and we try to come in here with a fresh mindset every day of what we can get better at and and kind of go from there I want to add that is cheryl reeve uh, uh wnba coach of the month yep. which is a new award uh that they are giving through the wba but you guys have been racking up on all the awards anyway okay go <laughs> ahead holly <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they uh, they were asking me before you go on about some of my favorite sideline stories, and my favorite one about you is your hockey background because I'm telling you, every, every game there's one or two plays that will happen where you are so physical. Like I think you're one of the more physical point guards in the league, but you don't always get credit for that. Um, and I always love to talk about. I, I think it's her hockey background. Like she grew up kind of banging and playing with the boys and. Mm-hmm. Being strong and fearless is. Do you do you think I'm making too much of that, or how do you think your hockey background plays into your kind of aggressive physical mindset? Yeah, no, we talk about that a lot actually. Um, the fact that sometimes it's when I'm coming up the floor. I mean, it is what I where I started out playing. So, I mean, hockey is so similar to basketball as it's five on five. I mean, it's it's different. Like it. So you know, if you've never played hockey, you'd be like, what? It's totally different. But there's so many similarities because it's five on five, and like the angles are kind of the same. Obviously, you don't have a a goalie, but you know these people are trying to block your shot. There's someone on you. Sim- so there's a lot of similarities. So I think in like fast breaks, there's a lot of the same things that I saw maybe playing hockey that you know I now do in basketball. And um, also growing up, I mean, my favorite player was Charles Barkley, so I was <laughs> wanted to be a power forward. So I wanted to be <laughs> physical I think, and like, I still think up the you are side. For it. Don't you in your brain a little bit? I, that's how you play. Yeah. So I really like to like my favorite spot to play is in the elbows because um, you know I don't know you can just use your physicality and angles, but obviously I'm a point guard and to help our team it's better that I'm out on the perimeter. So, um, but it's actually I don't know I just kind of grew up watching him a lot and so. That was kind of how I started as well. So I think I got some of my physicality from watching those players and, you know, watching the 80s and 90s basketball when it was super physical and they kind of let everything go. That's what I grew up watching. So um, I guess the physicality of all that stuff between playing hockey growing up and then just watching those players has all kind of led into kind of my style of play. And um, so, yeah, you know, it's 
kind of what you grew up watching and grew up doing and you know here you are all these years later and kind of playing the same way so it's been been fun oh that's so interesting i did not know that charles barkley was your favorite player but now that makes sense all the banging and even with all of that banging here it is you moved past when cash uh this past week to become the winningest player in WNBA history so congrats to you for that um because that is just awesome and says a lot about what you've accomplished as a player your durability which i think also um has a lot to do with your strength but you know i want to go back really quickly to conversation we were having earlier about wheezy f Whalen, and and i'm gonna have uh holly i'm gonna have holly chime in on this uh, and chanae as well because um, we have another uh, Weezy F, and that's and that's Pam, and we call her P Weezy. And that's Pam Ward, okay. who is a part of our broadcast crew. So, you know, we're trying to find out who's the real Weezy. Let's first tell us how you got that nickname uh, from your teammates. Well, um, the first one actually started calling me that was Katie Douglas in Connecticut, and Ooh. so <laughs> KT. yeah, so she um, she kind of started that, and her and like Jamie Carey and Asia Jones, it kind of started out there. And then when I got traded here to Minnesota, it just it was Simone who kind of just picked that up. I don't know if she heard it at some point or you know I think everybody was trying to figure out what to call me on the court. It's a lot easier to say way than. Lindsay, you know, on the court, and then Way just kind of turned into Wheezy, and so, yeah, it just all kind of went from there, and so, um, yeah, it. I would say Katie Douglas in Connecticut, Lindsay, and then the F Mom on here. the end, Wheezy, Wheezy F Wayland. What's that for? Well, there's a little Wayne song that he says. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it's song with Wheezy F Baby, and then they say Wheezy F Wayland, and the F is for finisher because I'm, you know, finishing my oh, squad. So, oh, yep, that's the F is for finisher. With. I was wondering yep. what that F was. Well, and they seem to call you that when you take on a certain personality on the court. Is that just <laughs> yep. me? And what, what is that? Because I think I noticed that that's, there's a moment in particular they start to call you that, that wheezy F. Yeah, you know, when it's, I guess when it's kind of push come to shove time, um, you know, when you, everybody, everybody has that, kind of other level that they can get to and and level of determination I guess is more or less what it is and I uh I don't know just that competitive nature that I grew up with and got from my parents that um that just kind of sometimes has worked out for me in the past and I've been able to maybe make a layup or a big shot or something like that or kind of get everybody going and um then they you know that's what you know, that's more or less when uh, Moan really starts to say that. It's basically when you turn up. That's when it is, right? When you turn Pretty up much, on the court, yeah. when, when you go to that next level, when you get turned, that's when they call you Weezy F. Okay. Got Pretty it. Much, yeah. So now now we have to come up with Pam's F because I don't know what yep. hers is. So, Holly, make, can, you make a, uh, can you make a case for Pam Ward, for Pam Weezy F Ward? I'm gonna have to think of an F for her, but, um, but she, she can get turned up a little too. We've seen Pam get turned up. She gets worked up talking about the game sometimes. So let, yeah. let me ponder it, and I'll break it out for you the next broadcast. Wait, um, one thing I truly, truly have come to enjoy is your social media because you are one of the funniest. Um, and Thank you. and I want to know who is Gordy. I don't think I've ever met Gordy. But I see him yeah. in a bow tie and a t-shirt, and he seems super cute. So who's Gordy? He's well, he's well, he's so he's my parents' dog, so he's kind of our family. But it's actually my sister got him when she was a senior in college, and thought she could take care of a boxer. And she realized after like a week and a half that he was too much to handle. Oh no! So <laughs> he became my parents' dog really quickly. And she named him Gordy, and then now my parents have basically adopted him, or he's he's now out there at my parents' house. So um, yeah, it was she drove my sister drove by a farm, I guess, and saw this cute puppy. He was like the smallest dog in the whole litter, and she just picked him up, bought him, went and got all the stuff, and then she still had classes and work, and she couldn't take care of him basically. So. Now he's my parents' dog, so he's a uh, yeah he's a definitely a fixture in our family, and he's got a pretty he's very spoiled by my dad. I could tell by the bow tie. Actually, both my parents, <laughs> yeah, my sister, will, my other sister will put both the bow tie on him, and 
he's uh he's a very spoiled dog so he's uh yeah he's doing well for himself that's for sure <laughs> oh, he is so cute he's adorable i actually just pulled him up we were talking about it so fans if you're not following Lindsay whalen please do uh we've also enjoyed watching all that you've done in the off season because you haven't gone overseas the last two years you've done some broadcasting uh, we've enjoyed seeing you know just different aspects of your personality um so guys here this is where we are um we've only got a couple more minutes in the show and I want to play something and get all of your thoughts on this because it was definitely the big news this week um, in the WNBA. Tarika? Uh, but I will, I will get away from the game a little bit. Um, I'll probably watch some WNBA games, though. I can't get away from I'll probably watch probably some tournaments this, this summer. So I'll be a part of the game. But as far as me actually playing, I won't, I won't be a part of the game much this summer. So obviously this week, uh, the Golden State Warriors won the world championship. They are the NBA champs. Um, you know, not as great of, of a series as I thought it would be with the Cavs, but that is the voice of one King LeBron James or um, LeBron F. James. I mean, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> He's the best player on the planet. And after losing, you know, I mean, a heartbreaking finals, one of the first things on his mind as far as his summer plans is that he's going to be watching the WNBA. Uh, Holly, I'll start with you. When you heard that from LeBron, uh, what went through your mind? Well, number one, I wasn't surprised because he tweets about the WNBA throughout the summer, and I know he has a great appreciation for it. Two, um, we got into this debate kind of around the draft, and I got all I got all irritated about some of the comments that were made. Like if James Harden is complimenting Kelsey Plum, are we, are we saying that we shouldn't let men validate the female players? And I, I've been like thinking about it and thinking about it. And you and I've talked about it with China, but I'm like, I appreciate it when the male basketball players compliment and watch and support the women, because they're some of the few in the world that knows what you're going through. LeBron James is one of the few people in the world that knows the grind of his season, knows what he has to do in the offseason to keep his body at the level that he has to. And so his appreciation for these women is higher because he knows what it takes. And so I kind of look at it like I'm not looking to him to validate the women. I already validate the women. But I know that he appreciates the women because he understands. What, What do you guys think? Yeah, that's an interesting argument because, you know, there's been times when people are like, oh, we don't, we have enough women's players now. We don't have to compare women to men. But as an analyst, I'll say this. I mean, there are times where I watched Lindsay Whalen and I'm looking at her body mechanics. I'm looking at the way she moves. And I think about Steve Nash, for example. And that's just who I see and some of the things that she does. And no offense to WNBA, but I just think that there are players now. I mean, the game is such at a high level that we are not looking back at what players were doing back in the day, but instead we're looking to a higher level. And and the NBA has been around longer. And and there are things that women are doing now that we've only seen men do. I mean, tell me where Brianna Stewart is 20 years ago. If you can find her in a a WNBA player, let me know. But to me, Kevin Durant, that's what I think. So uh, that's a very interesting discussion. Uh, Lindsay, your thoughts, first of all, on LeBron's comments. And then also, you know, what do you think about the comparisons of, of men to women to men's players? Yeah, well, first off, I think just getting to know a lot of those guys through the Olympics and through different events at All-Star. I mean, like you said, we all understand and appreciate what everybody's has to do and going through to, you know, be successful and get through a season. So I think that it's just all about respect and mutual respect. And honestly, like, you know, you can, uh, you can go down the league and, and, and find, you know, great players at a lot of different positions in the men and the women's game. And so, I mean, it's the one sport that we have, you know, in baseball, there's no, you know, there's no MLB for women. Football, same thing. Hockey, same thing. You know, as much as, you know, maybe there'll be a hockey, you know, eventually, um, you know, it's we have a WNBA and an NBA. So they're just naturally going to be those kind of comparisons. So I think it's cool. I mean, you know, I think it's something that is so unique that from every other sport, the fact that we have, the fact that you can make those comparisons and, oh, you know, watch this player. I mean, I'll watch video on Chris Paul. I'll watch video on Steve Nash. 
I'll watch something on Damian Lillard. I'll watch, um, you know, pick and roll defense um, by Avery Bradley, you know? And so it's all about learning and getting better, you know? And so, yeah. and it so goes both ways. So you don't think the like gender Draymond. matters, the skill matters, right? Is that is that how you play that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Draymond said, you know, it's basically that if there's a good game on and you're a basketball fan, you're going to watch it. And so if there's two really good teams playing in the WNBA, um, you know, I was watching both games last night because there were some really good players on the floor on both on both um, both games. And so the NBA players are going to do the same because they love basketball, they love the game, they watch, they love to watch people compete, no matter if they're male or female. And so it's not surprising me. It's not surprising me uh, to me. It's a it's a cool compliment for all of us, I think, because of how hard we do work and how hard we play. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's I guess it's not too shocking because. The WNBA is a really good product, and it's a really good game, and it's really competitive, and there's up and down. I mean, last night, the Atlanta-Seattle uh, game goes into overtime, and you've got people blocking shots and making runs here and there and buzzer beaters, and, I mean, that's what it's all about. So if you're a basketball fan and you've grown up playing basketball played basketball your whole life, you're going to watch regardless of when it is and if it's in the summer or the winter or if it's male or female, you're just going to watch the game. And I think that's something that's really unique about the NBA and WNBA and something that we should just, uh, you know, cherish and continue to really appreciate. Yeah, and to t- piggyback off of your point um, and Holly's Holly's point as well, uh, Neck and I, we did an NCAA PSA, and, and it ended with um, genders don't play sports, athletes do. So I think Absolutely. I think that um, it's it's the skill and you and a lot of times I drive into Mohegan, which you know that feeling way. <laughs> I drive into of Mohegan and, and there's a booth that's a security booth and they are some of our most avid fans and they tend to say that they prefer the women's game because it's the game that they grew up watching, watching mm-hmm. the NBA. You know the fundamental game and it's below the rim for the most part, um, but it's truly fundamental. Not you, yeah, exactly. Oh, whatever. I wish. <laughs> you you be up there. You what be if, up there. Hey, you, oh, whatever, whatever. But um, Yes, you are. You up there. Not right as up there as NECA. Not as up there as Big Sister. <laughs> but um I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I love y'all her. See why there. I love her, y'all? I love all y'all, but you know, I got she's a special bl- love for her. She's blushing. I am blushing. definitely blushing if you can see it. <laughs> but yeah, like genders don't play with sports, athletes do, and you know, I think the guys in the NBA understand that. I mean, Kobe Bryant was at the Sparks game on WNBA tip off. Like you said, Draymond Green, he was saying he watches mm-hmm. the, the WNBA to emulate our moves, you know? Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. he supports owning the Sparks. Um, and like Absolutely. Holly, as you as you brought up, you know, the, we don't need their validation, but it is a great reminder time and time again. I mean, this is the biggest stage, the biggest game for the NBA. And afterward, everyone wants to know how LeBron feels. Everyone wants to listen to Steph and, of course, Katie and see Mama Durant. But LeBron, during this moment, for that to be at the top of his mind, um, to mention it on the biggest stage, it's a good reminder. And um, and people tend to have issue with, okay, WNBA, should we not use the guys because it's a different game? The issue is not with the people that understand the game. The issue is with the mainstream, the people that have not experienced mm-hmm. a WNBA game. Because a lot of times, mm-hmm. and I always talk about this, I get in my pulpit. You know, a lot of times people Preach. that go, you'll see a WNBA post go on through the NBA Instagram, which is great, you know, synergy between our family and the guys are like, you know, kitchen, tr- and they're just trolls. And to me, they have they don't understand the game because if they came, saw it live in person, they'd be mm-hmm. like, dang, these women go hard in the paint, outside the paint. Um, and the NBA has always been a good supporter, especially now under the leadership of Adam Silver. Um, once a month, there's a focus group with a couple WNBA players. I'm lucky to be a part of it. And he literally asked, what can I do to help every month? Um, one of the things we brought up is like, we want to have better live access stream, a league, league pass. Um, he talks about how we're going to all try to brainstorm, whether it's grassroots getting on the ground, handing out tickets, saying buy these, or are we going to invest more in advertisements? And now you see great advertisements. And wait, tell me if I'm wrong. This Watch Me Work ad is probably the best WNBA ad we've had in recent times. And that all stemmed from feedback we got from the NBA. I don't know if you agree. Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, so the yeah can't, the absolutely. Can't... And yeah, go ahead. I, I think that between the ad and I, I think also, too, just the amount of content that we've got out there on Instagram and Twitter yes. and Facebook, the amount of videos that you can go and watch now. Yes. It's like unbelievable content. So... I think that we're doing a great job in getting it out there and just getting, you know, what are different highlight clips or top five plays of the week or, nope. you know, top five blocks of the week. There's so much stuff going on, like, every week. I look forward to watching <laughs> those true. because I love watching the other – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like to see Courtney Williams dribble through 
bar people and do a pull up as long as it's not on me. <laughs> and and you know, and go back and look at all of Diana Taurasi's threes or yep. or you know, like when she broke the record. It's just mm-hmm. it's been really cool and like you said, the advertisement has been really really great as well. So, um it's all good. We all forward to have. Yeah, my favorite. I think one of my favorites is definitely the ankle breakers. I mean, you no, know, like I'm I don't with remember, you like, well, because there are some <laughs> moments where I'm looking at the WNBA, uh, the Twitter handle. I'm like, who is running this handle? Because they're using lit. Turks. Let me tell you. Um, let me tell you. Are, it, his name uh, is Anton. I don't know if you know him, Way. His name is I Anton, and he Anton. is for the culture. Anton. He's for the culture. But I think he moved yeah. on. I don't think he works with us anymore. But he really, I think he, they said he, he doubled our, our digital imprint the one year he worked there. So shout out to oh Anton. It's all fun and gaze until you get turned all the way around and you fall yep. down. And it's yep. Let me tell you. I, I appreciate it, but it's, it's fun to watch. It's not as much fun to be in it. Let me tell you, last year, Brittany <laughs> Griner dunked. <laughs> no, I right. tell you, because Brittany Griner dunked and no one, everyone tends to, and I think it was in the commercial. And no one sees, thank God they cut it early. I took a charge on Diana right before. So I'm laying down like, a, you know, a scarecrow or doing <laughs> snow angels in the paint while behind yep. me, Brittany Griner's dunking. I was like, thank God to whoever cut it because it'll look like yeah. she dunked on me. So I feel right. the way. I was on a two-on-one against Brittany Boyd and I was the last one back, <laughs> you know. And I think, I don't know what happened. We turned it over and I was trying to get back and I was trying to stay in front of her. I was going to wall up. She made the quickest move to the right I think I've ever seen. And I ended up just like falling out of the screen into her. She scores and one. I fall. It's now t- it's now number one. And it would have been on uh, Shaq in a Fool if we would have had if we would have that. Oh, no. I, I know. I we, need, we need to start our Man. own. Seriously. I think we need to start our own. Okay. Tarika is going to kill Ooh. me, ladies. We have to wrap the show. I just oh, want to say thank you so much. <laughs> right. I know, I know, but we're going to have you back. And Holly, okay. we're going to okay. have you back. And Chanae will be with us every week. Um, thank you guys so much for joining the show. This is awesome conversations. Hopefully the fans are enjoying it. Remember, fans, you can subscribe to Around the Rim on the ESPN app. Um, follow these fabulous women on social media. Thank you to our fabulous producer, Tarika Foster Brasby. Um, Tarika, did I forget anything? No, I think you actually covered everything. You know what, LaChina, I'm so proud of you. You didn't did your homework and everything this week. Oh, Look no, you. thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying to start the year <laughs> off right. So, fans, please join us again for next week's show. And that is it for Around the Rim. Thanks for tuning in. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.